0: To see Ned trying to hold the whole thing, but uh, in, interesting—he has the well, it was the farm on one side, the house, but the fruit and the fruit was right here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he was holding it there. Fruit, fruit, yes, the fruit. That was good. That was awesome. Thank you for the kiss. That was really good. Uh, God is good. And today's Sabbath. Uh, if you remember Kim Ramos, Kim, Kim Ramos, she's in Africa in a mission trip for a month. Yes, uh, she departed last Sabbath, right? At night, and she's over there. And so far, she's doing great. She says she's loved it. She loved it. I was hoping for her to be here last Sabbath, so we can pray. I was planning to invite you, Caroline, and people to pray for her. But keep praying for her, right? Our prayers get all the way there if we pray for her here. Uh, now, what I want to do is, I want to try to bring something. Do you remember the title for today? Measurements for life, right? Measurements for life. I'm going to bring something which is not big. All right. We like to measure, I mean, we measure many things, you know? Uh, Jim, can you just stand here next to me? Thank you, Jim. Uh, oh, yeah. Look at that, Jim. How tall are you? Do you know? You know how, you're not very tall, you think? No. You think I'm taller than you? of uh, course. You, like. Five feet, six inches. The last time yeah, I measured myself, go down, not up. Down, huh? Okay. goes down. You yeah, know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I am five nine inches, so I'm taller than you. I'm taller than you. Uh, what about? Let's see. Uh, can can you stand for a minute? And I'm not going to do this, okay? I'm not going to do. It. You are going to do. It. Just do it. Put it around your waist. How come? How how is that? Oh wow! Yeah. What? Yeah, it's high. Oh, no, don't, don't make it worse. I mean, <laughs> let's see here: uh, two feet four inches. So that's how many? that's <laughs> two feet four inches. So that's what? Uh, Twenty-eight inches? Twenty-eight inches. I remember my size way when I used to wear pants back a few years back. I was like, what, 24, 27. now I'm 40, no, 40, no, 30. What am I right now? Well, I'm bigger, but definitely I'm not that size. So I wonder, you know, when you measure like that, things like that, is she healthier than me because she's slim? <laughs> Martha says, yes. I am smarter than you because I'm taller than you? Hmm, and your dreams. <laughs> Thank you, Jim thank you I love you too Jim you know we measure life in many ways and we just take measurements for many things I could probably say right now I have here my basket with tomatoes because I want to give a few tomatoes with some people and during my sermon if my sermon doesn't make any point no, no, no sense at all you are allowed to throw this tomato to me how many of you want a tomato Look at you. <laughs> That's the way to measure how good the sermon is. There are many ways that we can say or create to measure things in life. And we are aware of that. And we do it all the time. You realize that? We do it all the time. We measure many things. So if I pay for something, $5, and let's say uh, I want to try to get, um, uh, I don't know if you ever heard about the panetton. Panettone is an Italian fruitcake, uh, something like that. If you pay $5 for a Panettone, I want to get for $5, not a small one because they sell small ones, but I want to get a big one. Hey, bigger is better. I start measuring, oh, that, that one is bigger, honey. Don't you think that, oh, and this one weighs more. This one has more fruit. We measure many things. We go around telling even, you know, a way of measurement. We even go around and say, how old are you? And if you ask that to a lady, the only thing you hear is, That. why do you ask those kind of questions well i'm just saying because you look younger oh okay then i tell you how old i am because we keep measurements you know we 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 just try to have sense and how good is something because of age or time or size whatever it is and how or how bad it is for the same reason we just keep doing that all the time let's open our bibles and second corinthians second corinthians chapter 10 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And the whole. We, we are not going to read the whole chapter, but we are going to read you, and we are going to stop in two verses only. But we are going to, even so, read a little bit about that chapter. Verse number 1, chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10, verse 1. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Huh. I don't know in your Bible, but in mine, when you... When he says timid, you have quotation marks, signs. And when he says bold, you have quotation signs. He's trying to be, <coughs> let's put it this way sarcastic a little bit. He's trying to send the point to the Corinthians. The relationship that Paul used to have with the Corinthians and the first book, the first Corinthians, is very good. They love him very much. But sadly, for 2 Corinthians, they start changing their mind, and they start challenging Paul, saying, hey, you know what? You're not a good leader after all. Come on, we have some people here that are better than you. And they wrote, and they talked to him, and they say, you know what? You are very, very bold and very strong when you write those letters, but when you come here, look at you. You're soft. You know? And he, when he's writing this, he says, well, you have to remember, we don't go by the standards of this world. Then I keep the next verse after that. Uh, I, I'm going to repeat again number two. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of, the wo- of this world. For that we live on the world, we do not wage. War as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. How many times we try to measure, how many times we try to see people by the way everybody else does or by the way some company does or by the way some, some books tell you that you have to see people and you have to measure people. Here we have a leader, Paul. Many people, they said that he was sure he wasn't really that tall. So can you imagine? He, he was sending the message, yeah, I, I am a strong, but you come to me and you say, sure guy coming like, because he wasn't a strong according to that. He wasn't a strong, kind of like talking really harsh when he's in front of them. So he's coming short and say like, hi, hey, brother. You know that you're doing bad? They were expecting, probably, this man who is not only sure, but if he's sure, at least to come, hey you, you are doing bad. According to the standards of this world, you respect those people who probably raise their voice. You respect those people who probably are aggressive. They do very well in business when you just step everybody, I mean, on top of everybody else to try to reach your goal. Those are the standards of this world. And he's saying, relax, hey, slow down. You are telling me that I'm not bold. I'm timid. You guys are going the wrong way here. Now, I know pastors who are timid. I am timid. It wasn't a joke, honey. They're they're not taking me serious. I know pastors who who are really timid. They really small, I mean, they talk really soft. They approach people. They change the way they talk. When the situation comes, they are kind of like very soft talking. You know, you are going to be lost, burn in hell. I know also some other pastors who they come to you, and they are not as soft as that. That flower is ugly. And flower and everything, you're going to be burned. Sister, you better do something about it. And you see the finger moving right here, and you're like trying to follow the finger, and you can. And in many ways, we usually, when we see both of them, we are kind of like, hey, that pastor is aggressive. We need that kind of Pastor. Which are those measurements that we use for our life, for church, for our daily Christian work? Paul keeps talking. I'm going to jump now to verse number seven. You are looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as he. Verse number 7, you are looking only on the surface of things. You're looking only the outside. If you have a suit, that, that, that man must be a very educated man. If that person uses beautiful words, the man must be holy man. I remember even myself when I used to... Uh, uh, when I was starting to preach in English and English, I'm not saying it's any difference. maybe. Maybe I got better or not, you know, and, and almost I was uh, telling my wife, hey, you know what, maybe a, a way of measurement is that I'm going to tell the kids that during my sermon, they have to write how many words I pronounce really bad, you know. And then at the end, they give me so oh, right, I didn't do that bad, I didn't do good. Maybe every Sabbath, the kids, they don't fall asleep like that. That was a bad word. Oh, yeah, you didn't pronounce it well. yes, I don't know. But you know, we go by the outside. We look only the outside. Even when when I was starting to, to preach more in English, and, and and you know, my I was thinking when I pray, how I'm gonna pray? I hear brother, eh, I'm going to just use names. Jim, brother Jim, and brother Wally, and brother Dave. And I mean, they use these words like wow. You know, I don't, I can't even br- 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 Lord. How I'm gonna do that? We do that. We see only the outside. We get to be impressed by the outside. Hmm. There's a story, and you probably heard about this story. It's about a, a couple, three or two or three scientists who they realized or, or they, they thought, you know, we need to study how the kids react. When we do, when when they have a challenge, when they see things, we want to, so so they start looking for kids, and they found three different kids. They were young, really young, so they have this room with a big window, you know, kind of like a mirror size, so kids don't see outside, but you can see everything, and they were outside, and they bring one, and they go, they open the door, say, hey, yeah, your name, and all of that, okay, they open the door, just go in, and they close the door. And the kid was inside the room. And in the middle of the room was a big pile of man, well, man, manure. That's it. Manure. In the middle. And the kid was like looking around, like looking for a way and start knocking at the door. Let me out. Let me out. Okay, get out. Boy, he didn't last that long. No, he didn't, man. Must be really smelly. Yeah, I think it smells really bad. Okay, next. Come on, kid. Oh, what is your Just go inside. Okay. Bye. Looking into the window. The other one is like, same thing. Like, man, this still smells bad. You know, it's trying to look away way out. He can again. Let me out. Are you sure you want to get out? Let me out. Okay, okay. Like, boy. And then they pull the last one and they put the kid in. They close the door. And they were saying, "Okay, this one is going to do the same thing." And they watched through the window, and the kid is standing there in front of that big pile. Manure, smelly. I'm like, "Okay, this one is weird." mean he's not looking for a way out. He's weird. And then this kid start approaching the big, the big pile, and then he kind of like he's looking so much. He kind of like he concentrates so much. And then he jumped on that pile and started just doing this thing like that, like, like crazy, moving things around. And they're like, he's enjoying that. Look, smells bad and he's enjoying that. And he's doing that really fast and this was a big one, so moving, moving. By then the scientists, they stop everything and said, hey, she the door. hey, hey, wait, one minute, what are you doing? And the kid stops it. what, what are you doing? the cow must be somewhere here. The big pile of manure, the cow must be somewhere here. If it is manure, we have a cow. We have an animal. And it's somewhere around here. For them, before, they were thinking, this guy is weird. Everybody else wants to run out. Not this one. He jumped in to look for the cow. You see, Even that things get stinky in life, we usually stop and say, man, my life is bad. And we start comparing life. We don't realize that there is something more behind all of that. And that's why I'm going to repeat verse number 7. Paul says to you and me and the Corinthians back in those days, you are looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again what or that we belong to Christ just as much as he. If you really know and you really believe that it's true, you are a son and daughter of God, if you know that he died for you and you are his, then just walk by that. Believe it. Stop looking someplace else. To some point, I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, our only way or measure, tool, person, whatever you want to call, is Christ. You know, after that, verse number 12, which is the one that I want to stop a little bit more, he also said, verse number 12, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Do you understand that? I'm going to read again, because when I read it the first time, I remember, well, well, well themselves, themselves, and themselves, and this thing about themselves, something about themselves. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. There was a problem in the church with those Christians. The problem was that they were thinking they knew everything and they were the best of the best. And the problem here when we start analyzing that verse He clearly says, I'm going to read the first part again, we do not dare to classify or compare. Isn't that what we do many times when we come to church? Isn't that what we do many times when we go out there to confront problems, to work, to many things? We compare to somebody else. You see, we have a problem. And the problem is that when we compare ourselves, we only look horizontally, like this. And when you look like that, you have many people to compare to. But when you compare up, just like that, you only have one person. And that person is not only to compare yourself to him, but that person is also the one who has so much grace and love for you that he knows already how great you are. But we keep playing the same game. We complain, oh, sorry, we compare ourselves with others. How holy or how good. Boy, my brother, because he has so many years, he's older than me, he's wiser, he is holy. That's it, he's going to heaven. Look at me. Wow, because you have this good tiny little, you know, just only an example. Tiny little wow, look at me. I can't even go lower than this, and it's getting bigger and bigger. I cannot make it. And we keep comparing ourselves to others. Look how good. Oh, sister, you look so good. My hair is no doesn't look good. Look at look Carla those are oh wow your beautiful sunglasses I, uh, mine are really square I, I don't really like it but I, where do you got those we keep comparing all the time we keep comparing all the time and the problem with that is not only that's not a one way problem for me comparing with you the problem with that according to this verse is that they were people that were they were comparing with themselves among themselves like, (coughs) I'm good. What about you? That was a simple question. Hey, I'm perfect. I look good. What about you? Do you remember you, I mean, you know, uh, three years ago, remember? Yeah, we used to have a Bible study together. Yeah, I am the one remember that I was answering most more questions. You were quiet. But you don't have a spiritual life? (laughs) You don't remember? (laughs) But they start to, you know, they start Thinking of themselves that they were the best of the best. Hey, you know what I have in this synagogue? In this synagogue? I built this synagogue. <laughs> I know how this synagogue works. You don't know, you're new here. And you are a Gentile anyway. You will never compare yourselves to anybody else. Every time we do that, we have a problem. Every time we do that, first, you compare yourself to them or you put yourself as an example to them. And somebody else is going to feel lower, somebody else is going to feel less than you. And that was the problem. These people of Corinth, uh, the Corinthians, They were comparing Paul with the best of the best they had back then. And they start talking to him like, yeah, you are a leader, great leader. I know the first time we love you. Thank you very much for doing many things for us. But you know what? You're not as good as them. You don't even have the strong voice and, you know, they're so sharp and saying things. You are not like that. You're short. You're losing her. And you're coming here. To say that you are strong? You come with a soft voice to talk to us? But you are strong in your letters? No, I'm sorry. But you are not what we thought you are. That's sad. It's sad in both ways. It's sad because we are not supposed to be thinking like that as Christians. And it's sad. Because we allow for, otherwise, oh, 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 for other ones to think like that about us. And that's not a message that Christ came here to give and, and the freedom that he's willing to give you. I keep reading verse number 13. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will continue confine our boasting to the field God has assigned to us, a field that reaches even to you. You are not going to be talking about yourself that you are the best of the best because you think you are, because I think I am. You are going to have limits, and those limits are set by God, and God is telling you to only go as far as he allows you to go. At the end of this chapter, when we finish reading that verse, if you can read the whole thing, he's going to start talking and talking about the situation. And then when I read here, verse number 18, the last one, the Bible says, For it is not the one who commands himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commands. And it was... Trying to say, okay, what is that word? Commands, command. Keep repeating many times, commands. But as that's one of the deepest way of finding or talking about you, and going around saying praise. It is not for those who praise themselves that they are the best of the best, but it's for those that only God, the Lord, prays about them. That they are the best. Wow. That for me was a why? It's time to start measuring ourselves. But how long you have in this church, but how much you know about the Bible, or how much you read, or how much you pray. We have only one person to compare and that's Jesus Christ himself. We are coming to church not to sit here and watch that that side has more members, so that means this place is holier and the Holy Spirit is more than this side because here we have less. And by the way, we have maybe more visitors here, so even less. We have only one way to compare. Again, Jesus Christ Only through him, we are going to show what Jesus Christ came for to this planet, to this earth. Only through him, we are going to show who lives here, and everybody else, you don't even have to do anything. They are going to notice that someone lives here, and that someone is great, but it's not you, but it's Christ. God... He's given us a challenge for all of us. And this is not only for this church, for many other churches. He's given us a challenge through this sermon and through this Bible text. Because it's easy to end up right there. It's easy to end up in that position thinking that you or me We are the best of the best, and we are the ones, the only ones, and this planet by which the church moves or everybody else follows. I don't know how to put it. You know, I remember having a friend. And I say, I remember having a friend because he's not my friend anymore. Not because I select him not to be my friend, but he just... Select not to be my friend anymore. But I remember him saying, back in Mexico, we are better Christians than you guys here in the United States. Why is that? Back in Mexico, we go to church Wednesday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. And you guys go to church twice, maybe once. We are better Christians than you. If you ask me where he is, my friend, now, he's leading a group, telling the women not to cut their hair, telling the women that they cannot talk at church, telling everybody else that they need to submit to him, to what he said that he knows more than anybody else, sorry, than everybody else. And they come, and they said, but I can't change that. So-and-so pastor, he said that this is the way it's supposed to be. We have to think, brothers and sisters. We have to think because back then, it was painful for us because we were close as families and now we don't don't even know where he is we hear from other people but it's not about you it's about Christ it's not about any of us it's about his church it's about him living here and reflecting, reflecting his character through you. So he may be worship and praise, not you. So he may be worship and praise. Because he's doing things through you. For Paul. For Paul. But he was there until the last minute with them. So, brothers, I want to pray for this church, for myself, to just maybe have a close encounter with Christ. And sometimes that encounter happens in the least expected way that you can imagine. But we all need that. And we need it today. And we're going to need it tomorrow. And we're going to need it every day of our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, here we are today. Before your presence, because you deserve our glory and praise, you deserve our worship. You deserve our time. Everything, O oh Lord. At this moment, O oh Lord, I want to bring myself and the church before your presence. To refocus back to Christ. To start looking not around, not at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. 90 degrees, 180 degrees to focus on you. So we can only compare and walk our lives according to what you want. So we cannot feel less or feel better than anybody else other than we are going to care and look for what you think about us. This moment, I want to give my life to you and I want to give the life of my brothers and sisters to you. Help us to be strong. Help us to be wise, as Paul says, there is no wisdom when you make those kind of decisions. Help us to listen to your voice to see at the cross, think about the sacrifice you did for us and move forward because you want the best for our lives. And we know that you're never going to leave us alone. As we leave this place, I want you, Lord, for you to encourage my brothers and sisters to leave this place not thinking less of themselves, But thinking they are precious, they are important, because you die for them, because you give your life on the cross for each one of them. All of this, I want to ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.